Hello and welcome to the Wholehearted Healer Podcast. My name is Dr. Avine Banish and I will be your host. This is the weekly podcast that helps women pause in their busy lives, drop into the heart, and remember their next right step. I am so happy that you're here. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Dr. Aileen Banish, your host. This week, I have a treat for you. I have a conversation with Katrine Haiba. Katrine is both a transformational coach and an astrologer. And she translates the mysterious language of the stars into the clear calling of our souls. Katrine helps her clients awaken their heart's deepest desires and brings the heavens down to earth in the form of practi- practical, actionable guidance. With decades-long experience in astrology, coupled with training in transformational coaching, Katrine endeavors to awaken her clients' own inner wisdom and natural confidence so that they can navigate their lives with clarity, courage, and joy. Katrine was born in the magical Nordic land of Estonia, and she offers us a way to weave ancient wisdom of nature's interconnection into our modern lives. She is a passionate surfer and sailor. She loves exploring the beauty and power of nature and feeling alive and intimately connected to the seas and the stars. I think you'll really enjoy our conversation. So without further ado, here is Katrine Haiba. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wholehearted Healer Podcast. My name is Dr. Avine Banish. I'm really excited today to have a guest with me, and her name is Katrin Haiba. And actually, Ali Suter, who was a guest on this podcast um, maybe a month ago now, really recommended her. Um, so she, I don't know if she had a session with you, Katrin, or if you've known her for a while, but she was so enthusiastic about me talking to you. So I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for inviting. And yes, thank you, Ali, for this introduction. And yeah, I've known her for about maybe four or five years now. Um, we actually met at a retreat in Yalapa in Mexico that I was co-facilitating, co-organizing, and it was a really magical, magical time. And yeah, I have given her um, several astrology readings. So that's, I guess that inspired her to, to inter- make this introduction. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So Katrin um, is an astrologer as well as a transformational coach. She has decades long experience. And so I guess maybe we can, you know, this is called the wholehearted healer podcast. And Allie really mentioned you as someone who was very, very heart centered. And um, can you just tell us perhaps a little bit about your background, your story, how you got into astrology? Um, yeah, I'm originally from Estonia, which is, you know, a tiny country in the northern Europe, used to be part of the Soviet Union when I was a little kid. And then, you know, when I was a teenager, it became independent, that I was kind of part of that independence movement. So I was a little kid, you know, teenager there protesting proudly. And then, you know, awesome. so, uh, so yeah, that's sort of my background. And then the world opened up. And, um, you know, my love of just travel and curiosity about other cultures led me eventually to United States. Um, and, you know, I met the love of my life here. So so here I am still in, in the U.S. But my interest in astrology 
I don't know, I've always, as a, as a child even, I always just felt this sort of mystical connection to the world, like that there's these natural laws, there's these natural sort of cycles and things that nature works in sort of mysterious ways. And I loved watching that. I loved, you know, following the seasons, following the plants as they come up. So to me, like astrology is sort of the language of nature cycles. And, and sort of how we as humans are actually part of nature. And, you know, in this modern busy lives, we often forget that we get really sort of caught up in our heads. But then I, for me, astrology gives this sort of a bigger picture of how we fit into the nature cycles and how we are kind of emanation of nature. And then to kind of come back to that, to come back to that sense of being in our bodies, being in our hearts, being connected to that intuition. So ideally, yeah, like if I give an astrology reading, it's not like me telling you like, oh, this is going to happen. And, you know, it's not like this clairvoyant thing. It's more about kind of showing you the landscape and showing you the weather that's that's happening in your world and how the weather systems of the whole world, the evolution, the energies that are coming about right now, how they, you know, how they activate your life, how what's what what winds are moving you. And, and, and so uh, and then, you know, really sort of guiding the person, guiding the client to their own intuitive hits and their own intuitive understandings and into kind of feeling, you know, feeling connected, feeling really like in the flow. So that's that's my goal with astrology. Um, and yeah, I was just, you know, I was fascinated with it ever since I was a teenager. So any bit of material I could get my hands on, I would, I would learn and study and listen. And so it's been a lifelong, lifelong journey with the stars. I love that. And I love Katrin, how you kind of ground us in it, right? Cause I think sometimes people view astrology as, um, ungrounded, right? It's out there. It's so I love how you kind of invite us to bring it into our own being and, to use it as a guide in a grounded way feels you feel very grounded to me. Maybe it's your background that she has this beautiful background of um, her garden and Lily of the valleys that are blooming. And can we talk maybe a little bit about, it seems as if I don't know much about astrology, but it seems as if we're in a very potent moment. We're recording this. This is going to come out tomorrow. So I wanted to do this in a timely fashion so that if we talked about anything astrological, it would it would um, be relevant to those listening. But I know that we had an eclipse last night. I believe we're in Mercury in retrograde right now. Yes. Could you maybe yes. could you maybe set the scene for for the time that we're in in this moment? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this year it's it's such an interesting kind of energetic weather. Like that's sort of the way I, I relate to it is sort of this weather. And it is very, very dynamic year. Um, it's much more quick moving. You know, the past few years we've had the pandemic and the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, there was a huge astrological cycle that that is just comes up very rarely. That was like a sort of a shifting of a of a long term cycle. So it made sense that that was a really kind of crucial year. But the beginning of the new cycle, you know, it's getting slow going. It's it was tough. The first two years, not much happened or things happened. But there was sort of like two steps forward, one step back, a lot of kind of reevaluation, a lot of things where people sort of felt like, oh, I don't know how to move forward. I'm kind of stuck. You know, things are, you know. So this year, suddenly the energy is just flowing, moving. There's water element and earth element really active. And now we have in May, like a little bit of fire splashing in as well. Jupiter going into Aries, the fire sign. So Jupiter, the planet of abundance, of new possibilities, of sort of spiritual abundance too, of, of awakening, of kind of like learning new things. So this is, you know, what astrology think, oh, Jupiter is a lucky planet. I mean, yeah, it's lucky because like it feels lucky to learn new things and it feels great to expand ourselves. And from that, oftentimes material abundance also increases, but, you know, not always is one plus one 
equals two, but it's just that feeling of abundance. But yeah, right now we're in eclipse season. Eclipse season is this you know, time where, you know, to put it into the grounded perspective, like it's actually, yeah, the earth, the sun and the moon just align really perfectly, really, it just, you know, that we just had last night, yeah, we had a lunar eclipse. So basically, yeah, as the shadow of the earth fell upon the moon, uh, you know, normally the moon reflects back the sun's light. So the full moon is this big, glowing, beautiful, you know, almost like a body of light in the sky. But now the earth's shadow came in between because earth lined up so exactly. And those exact alignments, they're just beautiful and, and powerful. And ever since the ancient times, people have been looking at that and, you know, solar eclipses, especially when the sun became eclipsed, like it gets dark for a, a certain amount of time. So people were like, oh my God, you know, dragons eating the sun or, you know, something really powerful is happening in nature. So various different cultures have assigned meaning to those natural events as a sort of turning points, that they are these sort of more exact alignments, more intense turning points. Um, so yeah, this year we have these eclipses there in the axis of Taurus and Scorpio. So they're always, you know, like the full moon is opposite, like sun and moon are opposite. So it's like, you know, right now we have sun in Scorpio, I'm sorry, the opposite sun in Taurus. You know, it's the springtime, everything is blossoming, the sun is in Taurus here in the Northern Hemisphere. And the moon, the full moon was in Scorpio, the opposite sign. So the Halloween sign is Scorpio. So we have this intense kind of polarization, this, this feeling of something coming to ripeness. So if we look back even to last Halloween around that time or the last October, you know, what, what, what was happening in our lives? What was, what ideas, what projects, what seeds, what feelings were coming up? So there's a relation to the moment now, like it's sort of this ripening of that, what was happening. So we may not clearly remember, but it's sort of interesting to kind of tune in, like hmm, what was going on for me last autumn? And then there's this reflection of, of that process coming to a fullness and some sort of transformation. A full moon is sort of this intensity, fullness, something ripens. And with this eclipse moon, especially the eclipse shifts, it shifts a pattern. So it's kind of a, a the, the word that popped into my mind was sort of pattern interrupter. Um, so it's, and, and, you know, with the moon, it's our heart, our emotions are these deeper instincts that come up. So pattern interrupter in that realm, it's really, really cool because we get to see these sort of unconscious, deeper tugs and pulls in our, our system that, and, and we get to sort of see them and we get to, get to have a different look and different choice, different possibility. So it can be very, very healing, but, um, Normally, what I recommend is just to kind of really be present and observe, like not to try to push and pull the process yourself too much, because it is sort of an intense enough of an energy. Like you don't need to add to that intensity if you can help it. So just to really be present and observe and just see, you know, what's going on in your body, what's what's you know going on in your heart, and to allow a little extra time for sleep, really take good care of your body, and to make note of any interesting dreams or musings or things that come up. And, you know, sometimes they can be uncomfortable, kind of scary dreams, especially with this Scorpio moon. I had a dream of like, I was going through this little section of the dream that was scary, that woke me up, that I was going through this passage, literally kind of like a little doorway or passage. Um, and suddenly there was a spider web there and it's really thick, gunky kind of web. And I was like, ew. And then this guy was ahead of me and I was like, I'm afraid of spiders. Like, can you help me here? And he's like, oh, sure. You know, so he was like, oh, come on, look, there's three big spiders here. And he was kind of like taunting me a little bit and being fascinated by them. But I was like, just had my eyes like, I don't want to see, I don't want to see it. That's too scary. So, you know, hmm, yeah, that's, I'm sure my dream interpretation friends could have a little fun feel there with that dream. But mostly, you know, what's coming to me is like, yeah, something scary that I don't want to look at. 
you know, these spiders were scary. And I was like, no, I don't want to even look at them. Like, just kick them away. So so this eclipse energy really, it can bring up that sort of things for us, that, that things that we are afraid of, the things that we really don't want to look at. Like a fear that we acknowledge, the fear that we can kind of be with, it, it's, it's, it can be a great teacher. But if there's fears that we just kind of squeal and run away from, then <laughs> that could lead us into trouble. So, so those kind of things are coming up right now, these deep sort of healing moments and, and these moments of intensity. We just had a lunar, we have just had a solar eclipse on April 30th. That was you know, two weeks before the full moon is the new moon. So solar eclipse, that was a partial solar eclipse. So it's a new moon. It's an extra powerful new moon. So there were some new seeds being sown, new, you know, ideas, new changes, new possibilities. But in order to fully kind of make these new seeds grow, we need to kind of weed the garden and see what old donkey spiders are in there, you know, could clear up some space. So this is the, the space clearing part that we're in right now. And Mercury retrograde certainly really supports that process too, of kind of integrating, clearing, taking some time off, um, even, you know, very practical things around the house, like clearing, you know, clearing your desk, like clearing your to-do list, like certain things that you're just never going to do that you're just like been sitting on a to-do list, just, just chuck them out, just, just ignore, just, you know, like if life is not going to fall apart, if you don't do those things, just to really clear your slate, you know, that's perfect for that, that this time it's really kind of a, you know, it's an out breath before the next in breath. That's a really beautiful way to put it. And it, what do you say to someone who this all sounds really interesting perhaps, but they are new to astrology or they, right. So, so these, to me, the way that you speak about them so beautifully and they feel like patterns that are, or waves that are happening to us, regardless if we know about them or not. <laughs> um, but yet somehow in the knowing about them, it illuminates our experience. It's sort of this self-reflective experience where we can, um, if we are, you know, because a lot of, I think what you described, it's been an intense time for a lot of people. It feels like there's a lot of intensity happening in the world. Um, and so how can astrology be a tool for us in this moment? Yeah, I feel like you put it really well. It's, it's about becoming aware. It's becoming sort of bringing these bigger patterns into awareness. And then that awareness, it's, you know, it's the light of consciousness. The awareness gives us choice. Like if we're not aware, then we're just kind of being pushed and pulled by, you know, whatever form of manipulation that, you know, ads, social media, whatever. I mean, it's, it's easy to get caught up in stuff. So, so that lens of awareness, that's almost kind of like this eagle eye view of, of the landscape of seeing like, oh, this is what's happening. This is where there's some thunderstorms going on, you know, okay, they're going to bring some rain. I can grow something there, but I need to wait until the storm passes a little bit and just kind of see, you know, see, see what the possibilities are because everything is always workable. Like this is like, I have the Taurus sun, Capricorn moon, so very earthy, you know, earthy kind of astrology in my own chart. So yeah, it's, you know, you can always work with this energies, but, uh, to understand a little more like how to work with them in harmony. Because I feel like in this culture, we, you know, we have been sort of programmed to be always on, 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 always moving forward, forward, you know, just prioritizing being this hyper-productive little robots. And that is just not how nature works. You know, we look at nature, nature takes nice long breaks, you know, in the winter, looking at the trees, the energy goes into the roots, it goes inwards. And then in spring, it just bursts out in this, this spurt of growth. And and, you know, here, the flowers, too, they already are sort of dying and transforming into fruits. 
So like this processes that are natural, like how, how our lives are actually supposed to function too. And then it just becomes so much easier. It becomes like we, we stop fighting, we stop feeling exhausted, like, um, you know, things like that. It just starts to feel like a more natural flow. And I feel like astrology is just one of the tools to, to help with that because it brings these larger cycles into awareness. You know, people who are like super in tune anyway and super kind of centered in their heart, like they don't need any external tools. They just follow that inner compass. But it's, you know, being living in this very busy, very media centric, very just mind centric culture, it's very easy to get overwhelmed and distracted and just spun around. So, so I feel like astrology is one of those beautiful ancient, you know, ancient sort of systems of looking at, at the natural world that can help us bring back to that awareness, that larger picture, and to understand that there are these in-breaths and out-breaths. There are these cycles of growth and the cycles of kind of re-evaluation and harvest. Um, and that that's that's natural. Like we're not supposed to be on like, you know, firing all cylinders all the time. <laughs> so. Yeah, I really love how you, you know, it's this idea of remembering that we're part of something. We're not separate, right? That we That we are part of this landscape and this living being that is the earth and that the stars, even though they feel, you know, in some ways far away from us, that this idea that they can influence our lives is, is fascinating to actually think about. And I think we we're living in this time where science and spirituality are starting to intersect, but I think, you know, for some people, um, astrology is just so foreign. They don't know where to begin. Um, and so how do you, how do you counsel someone if they hear this and it all sounds really interesting? Um, because, you know, there's the astrology of the whole, and then there's individual astrology, right. Which depends upon my time of birth and place of birth. Can you describe that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's called, it's like natal astrology, natal chart. So each, you know, each person is born in a, this unique moment of time and space. So the natal chart, you know, has, you also need the, the, the place of birth as well. So it sort of locates you within this earth geography and time. And that sets off, you know, that sets off a pattern. That's sort of the main energetic pattern, the sort of energetic fingerprint that's quite, you know, it's unique. Um, but then, yeah, what I talked about with this global, you know, with the, the weather of the world, so to speak, that interacts with that pattern, with that that birth chart. So this is kind of how, you know, usually when I do a reading, I, I look at the person's birth chart and we explore like what are their intrinsic talents, like what is their sort of soul callings, what are those deeper patterns that, you know, and also what are the, some of the in, intrinsic sort of difficulties that they tend to run into and what, you know, what would the avenues be to, to heal those and things like that. So there's sort of the things, you know, again, astrology makes the unconscious conscious. So, you know, we all live our charts anyway. We live those natal patterns, those unique, unique patterns. But, you know, to help to kind of see that, to get a little bit of perspective, it's super, super helpful and super kind of, it has sort of the sense of kind of coming home to yourself, really like seeing yourself like at a, at a different level and, and self-acceptance, self-love. And, and then also from that level, then a deeper kind of healing. But then, you know, we look at that, that's, that's the natal personal astrology. But then what I'm really fascinated is how that person's the natal chart is activated by what's happening in the world right now. Let's say like these eclipses. 
um, you know, what's happening there, what's being activated, where are those main areas of letting go, like where was this, this full moon, this lunar eclipse, where there's a chance to really kind of reset the pattern and let go of some old fears and look at some of those spiders and be like, nope, no, you know, don't scare me anymore. So, and, you know, where are the new seeds? And, you know, of course, track where is Jupiter, where are the new opportunities of abundance? Um, where is Saturn, where there's some work to be done, there's some uh, steadiness needed, you know, those kind of things. So how the weather of the world is activating that particular person's chart. So that, um, and for, for a person who is just fascinated, but doesn't really know much, I would encourage them to just start to kind of look at the moon and start to just look at the, there's a lot of like free moon apps, like lunar phases and fun stuff like that. So that's a really basic way to get started because moon is something that we can actually see, that we can actually feel. Um, you know, many people are actually, they can feel sort of the full moon. They're either have more active dreams or sometimes more restless, things like that. And I'm, I'm a surfer and a sailor. So I can, I very much track the moon in terms of like tides and things like that to see like when the waves are good and when the tides and when there's a good time to go out in the ocean. So we can look at, yeah, I mean, the moon moves the oceans and our bodies are what, like 78% or 75% or water, you know, depending on how well hydrated we are. So, so of course it makes sense that moon actually, you know, we can sort of feel it, sense it almost physically. So, so that's a good access point to kind of really get a felt sense of how we are part of this bigger picture. And then of course, yeah, like the modern science, it's, it's getting to the point where it's like, yeah, the understanding that it's everything is energy and everything is connected. So that's, that's part of sort of understanding and getting a sense of like the universe, the bigger, the outer planets and the things that we're discovering. So the, I feel like the field of astrology is also growing um, as the view of what we can see in the cosmos is growing. There's so much more there to be seen. And we don't even begin to kind of really understand all of it yet. Or, you know, we have these glimpses of intuitive understanding, but we just sense this expansion, expansion of, of our horizon of knowledge. So which is which is really cool. So I feel like it's a kind of a fascinating time to be alive. I mean, sometimes a bit overwhelming, but that's why I feel like moon, you know, grounding, moon and earth, like sort of these things that we can feel and sense to, to kind of start with that before we fly off to the outer cosmos. Right. Well, and and that you, you know, you've referenced this a few times that. Um, the 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 sense of just returning to pattern and rhythm and understanding that just as the sky changes overhead, we're part of that. So I love that off that idea to just begin, not maybe by diving into five different books about astrology again, where we're really in our head, but instead just observe the phases of the moon and, and link them to your, your, your knowing that you already have. Um, that feels like a really powerful way to reconnect to this, this rhythmic pattern that we're living, but that I think modern life sort of likes to pretend that we're not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really, really accessible. And at the same time, really powerful, really uh, you know, yeah, because the lunar cycles, um, you know, people use them in agriculture and growing things and, you know, our fertility cycles, women's bodies, it's all, you know, it's all kind of part of this lunar, lunar rhythm um, and the rhythms of the day and night to the rhythms of the season. You know, we can see how, how the season's shifting, how, how we feel, you know, how, we, how our body relates to that, like how our spirit relates to that. 
And, you know, if someone's born in the spring, like I'm, you know, I just had my birthday recently in the, uh, April 30th. So, so I'm a springtime baby and I just like come alive in spring. I just love it. Like, it's just, you know, and somebody else might be like, oh my God, the pollen, all this. <laughs> so yeah, it's just to, to observe these natural cycles. And you referenced that you are a sailor. And I know when we first connected, you were sailing back, you're in, New York, you're in the Bronx, right? Uh, I'm in Brooklyn. You're in Brooklyn. And were you sailing back from, from Mexico? Um, well, the boat stayed in Mexico. It would oh, take okay. a really long time to get from Mexico to Brooklyn <laughs> on a boat. Boats are very slow, sailboats. They're, you know, yeah, they go by the wind, the nature. And my boat is, you know, relatively small, 31 foot um, older sailboat, really a fun little boat. So, the, the speed is kind of like a fast walk or a slow jog. So if you imagine like kind of slowly jogging across the ocean, like how long it would take. So yeah, the boat stayed in its, in its harbor in Mexico. But yeah, I was, I was on the boat there uh, sailing and, and doing some boat work and, and getting some surfing in as well. So, was, and, and then we drove back to here. So, that's... so I, I just find the rhythm of your life really interesting then that, you know, that some of the time you're in Brooklyn and some of the time you're, you're on this sailboat down in Mexico. Is that a, is that a normal pattern for you, or is that something? New? Um, it has been actually. It has been normal pattern for the past about twelve years or so. And also throw in there, like in summer or early autumn, visit to my native land, Estonia, to see the family, and also just to really connect with nature there. Um, Estonia, it's still one of those cultures there in the north where people. They just, you know, they go into the forest and they pick mushrooms and they pick wild blueberries and, and things like that. And I, I love that. So I usually want to try to you know come there in that time when this when you can kind of briefly live off the land and, and sort of just be really connected. Um, and then people grow things. They have their little vegetable patches. And my mom has like a, you know, potato patch and, you know, pumpkin patch. And <laughs> so that's been my rhythm is like New York, Mexico, Estonia. So kind of. So do you. Because I find place really interesting and fascinating too. That I think there are for each of us. I think there are places on the planet where um, we get recharged. Where I don't know if I would call them power places, or for sometimes it's it's this familiarity or love of nature. But can you speak to that at all in the lens of like are there places on Earth where where individuals are more um, active or wholehearted you know and, and is it different for different people what do you think about that um I love this subject I mean certainly as someone who has like you know traveled and lives in different places but uh absolutely yeah I I, I feel that I feel that for sure and I've seen it in action in my own life and in the life of my friends and clients and that's actually there's an astrological technique called astrocartography where you can kind of track that you can see some of the influences of the places uh, on a person's chart. So likewise, like the time shifting and the season shifting, you know, affects the person. But yeah, of course, the landscape shifting, the geography shifting um, affects as well. So there is sort of different parts of the person that come more alive in different areas. So let's say one area would be maybe really good for like a career um, type of thing, but maybe not so good for starting a family or more of this sort of inner heart-centered life. Um, so you may need to actually move or it might you know, be beneficial to move somewhere where that's more highlighted in your chart. 
So there's to some extent, you know, you can track that in astrology. And I've had fun things happen with that, with the, the retreats that we organized in Mexico, because we brought, you know, New York women, mostly kind of really ambitious career women um, down to Mexico to this really wild part, place, um, Yalapa, which is a, a village, coastal village that's on indigenous land. Um, so it's still kind of indigenous families control and own the land there. So they have these little, you know, they're nothing fancy. There are no big hotels. It's just like these little kind of eco resort type of places and very wild. And you kind of, there's no walls. Like you live in these places where butterflies kind of fly through your, your environment. So, and sometimes little, like, what was it? Like little <laughs> raccoon type of things that sort of crawled over. Like this. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we brought these New York ladies there and, it was just fun to see how some of them, like some of them were a little uncomfortable at first, of course, but then some of them really came alive, like boom, like right away, almost like there's just eyes lit up and they're just like this extra energy came up. And then I'm like, okay, well, since, you know, there's astrology as part of this retreat, it was sort of the elements of nature immersion with the astrology kind of as a, as a key into that. So we, we looked at the charts of these people who really kind of lit up and sure enough, like something in their chart shifted and this one person, um, she had a Mars, the planet of action, the planet of energy in the 12th house in her natal chart. So the 12th house is a very interior place. So it's very kind of, you know, outwardly not so energetic, more like in an inner world. But in that, like it was far enough from her place of birth that the chart shifted enough that that Mars moved into the first house, which is more of a felt sense of self, the body, and more like what's visible and what you can also feel. And she was suddenly like super adventurous. Like she got up earlier and I was like, I was like wow, okay. And, and this other lady just kind of fell in love with the place. She felt this deep, deep soul connection so in her chart it actually aspected this fascinating um place which is called the north node south node axis the sort of soul development soul growth soul traje trajectory axis so it was really kind of a soul place for her and she actually ended up after the retreat like going back there several years and actually meeting this local family and leasing this little plot of land on the ocean and building her own little little house there and it's just this huge connection that developed for her oh. felt like this place of soul that she you know, like this energy there. So that's, that's fascinating. I just love watching that. So. I love that. And to anyone listening that, um, that when we are in tune enough with ourselves that you may go, you know, maybe the place of your birth or maybe where you're living now, or maybe where you always want a vacation that, that those places are not necessarily random, that they, they're like, everything is connected. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's, there are definitely like certain sort of power places in, you know, in the world, uh, you know, certain natural, you know, there's this mountain or a valley or something where you just feel this powerful nature energy. But then again, like how that power place um, interacts with a person, it's different, you know, it's different upon that person's energy, where they are in their life, you know, how open they are also, but you know, just what they're, you know, are they, you know, does this place kind of like, almost like awaken their inner instrument, you know, play the tune and like something that awakens in them or sometimes not, you know, so it's really, so I, I encourage people to kind of, you know, now that travel is, is more open again, and there's possibilities mm -hmm. to really kind of explore that if they've had this mysterious sense, like, oh, I've always wanted to go to Morocco, like, I never been, I don't know, what, you know, then it's like, well, why just go there for, you know, take a vacation there or take a little travel, you know, nowadays, especially can, you know, a lot of people can kind of get away with working remotely for a while. So just explore and, and feel how these energies, what they, what they awaken in you. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to move there, but oftentimes like, 
you know, those, those times spent in these places are really recharging or inspiring. Oftentimes they kind of awaken some creativity in us that's been asleep in some way. So, um, yeah, so that's, there is definitely this magic of place. That's. I love that. Katrine, you know, as we're moving through this period and looking towards late spring and summer, can you offer any, like what's, what's coming? What sort of a season are we stepping into? Well, if we thought spring was quite active, like the summer is going to take it up a notch. Uh, because, you know, once we, we, this Mercury retrograde ends in June 3rd um, and Mercury gets fully out of that retrograde zone where it sort of goes back and forth a bit by June 18th, I think. Yeah, 18th. So by then things should really be kind of moving forward well. And all those ideas, all those sort of different perspectives that we've had now, we've had time to kind of percolate and look things over. So things are really moving forward. And Jupiter will be in Aries um, from now sort of mid-May till October. Um, Jupiter, the planet of abundance, new possibilities, sort of growth. It's sort of like the favorable wind in our sails. And that's in Aries, fire sign. Aries is the first sign of spring. So it's kind of a new cycle, new, you know, it's this new spark. So um, when I think about Aries, people will sometimes say like, oh, Aries, they're so aggressive or whatever. But I was like, no, it's like the, the primal life force. They almost sort of have to be aggressive, like a little bird that's in an egg. You know, it has to be like aggressive to break that egg shell and get out of there and get into the world. So it's that kind of energy. It's like not aggressive to be, to, to be fighting, but it's like aggressive just to bring your desire to life, like in that sense. So Jupiter is in Aries. So we're all going to get a little extra boost. And some of us are going to love it more than others. Some of us are going to be like, whoa, what's happening? It's too fast. But uh, but yeah, it's it'll be that spark of fire. And Jupiter encourages, you know, especially in Aries, it encourages to take some risks, you know, not stupid, ridiculous risks, but like personal, something new, something different. Like it could be really small, fun thing, like a, a new type of workout or, you know, a visit a new place that you've never been to or, uh, you know, something where it's like stepping into that unknown. So that's really a theme for the summer all the way into early autumn. And then we have, you know, this is sort of a longer term trend. We have Uranus in Taurus. This is this very earthy, um, you know, rapid changes in our relationship with Mother Earth, in our relationships with our bodies. And that's been happening since 2018. And that's going to continue until about 2025, early 26 even. So that's sort of a longer term trend, but it is activating. It is kind of really, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming more felt and more intense this year with these eclipses. But also in the summer, there is sort of Mars aligning with the North Node and, and Uranus, they're all in Taurus. So there's this sort of emphasis on that Taurus energy and earthy energy, our relationship with our bodies. So if we you know, want to make some healing progress, if you want to you know, come into a healthier relationship with our bodies, the summer is an excellent time to, to like just have some rapid breakthroughs in that. Uh, so really kind of just these insights, aha moments, like what actually helps. Um, and then also, you know, even I, I could see like, you know, medical breakthroughs, things like that, you know, on a bigger on a bigger scale as well. You know, people who actually work in the healing fields or medicine or energy healing or anything like that. There's a lot of possibilities and also a lot of evolution in terms of, you know, our economy, like how how our economic system is relating to the resources of Mother Earth. Um, and, you know, huge changes there that are necessary and these changes are accelerating. And some of these tensions around these changes, of course, are accelerating as well now with the, you know, the war in Ukraine and a lot of crunch on, on energy supplies and food supplies and things like that. So, so those themes are kind of coming to a head, but they're, 
you know, things get a bit uncomfortable in order to kind of kick us into gear as far as looking at how can we make this better? Like, how can we make this more sustainable? So it's a time of kind of rapid change, rapid opportunity as well. Um, so just, you know, not to freak out. It's like, um, there was a funny, I think I read it in an article. I don't know if it's maybe in a Guardian or something. It was, you know, relating to uh, the, the changes that this uh, Ukraine um, war has brought about um, very quickly in the first few weeks. And it was actually quoting, like, from my so childhood times, like in the Soviet times, it was quoting Lenin, the, the founder of the communist, started from way back. But that quote was really good. It was uh, saying basically that sometimes there are decades where almost nothing happens. And then there are weeks or months when decades happen. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So this, this year is one of those. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think everyone listening can feel that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I love how you, um, you offer this in such a positive light, right? Because I think people can, um, often what we fight change just, I think as human beings, so, so much. And so, to view this as, um, yes, I mean, war and struggle and strife are never good. Um, and yet things need to change. And so if we can kind of center ourselves and ground ourselves and, um, I don't know, it offers some solace rather than just thinking everything is falling apart, like that it might be falling together in a new way. Absolutely. That's a beautiful way of putting it. I love that. I like remember that. It's a good quote. But yeah, absolutely. Everything is, is falling together in a new and better way. Um, and the more conscious we are of seeing those opportunities, the, the more we can kind of influence that, the more we can consciously guide some of those changes in the world. Like we are all, you know, none of us are in control of the universe, but we are all conscious co-creators. I mean, conscious to greater or less extent, depending on the day, depending on the mood. But uh, but yeah, like we can each add our own little bit of light, our own little bit of energy and 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 heart into it. Uh, so that's um, you know become coming a co conscious co-creator and also that sense of safety. I mean, yeah, there's this deeper kind of almost like an animal part of us where you know yeah, like change feels threatening. It's you know the there's a certain comfort in a routine, even if that routine is not so healthy. Like that it, um, yeah, it brought to my mind a little story from Mexico that a friend of, of mine uh, said that she went to this, this little, you know, beach area and there was this donkey in a, you know, in a sort of a very small, it seemed like kind of a too small and too pathetic little sort of enclosure. And she was like, oh, poor donkey. So she would go and give it a little food or something. And then one day she saw that, oh, someone has left the donkey enclosure door open, but the donkey was still inside the enclosure. Like it didn't escape. So it was like, oh, you know, it was kind of even sadder to see the donkey in there with the yes. door open. So and I was like, okay, this is, yeah, this is where the level of sort of consciousness uh, we need to see like, oh, maybe the door is open. Maybe we're actually not prisoners in whatever uncomfortable situation, limited situation we, we find ourselves in. So, um, yeah, and there's some, um, definitely, I mean, I feel like those uncomfortable you know situations right now this year with a lot of the inflation and you know economic um ups and downs and and of course you know war and larger degrees of suffering in, in other countries they are you know they're evolutionary triggers for us so it's i would not recommend i know just turning away from all of that i mean yeah i don't recommend doom scrolling either of course mm -hmm. but just to be still kind of present and be aware of what's going on in the world and seeing where we are in it as a person where where can we help where can we you know 
do something in our own life to bring ourselves into more of like sense of personal safety and grounding and alignment. Because, you know, it's easy to spin out of control and then start to kind of project it onto the wider world. And that's where a lot of strife, a lot of violence comes from. So, I mean, even this this eclipse, this, this these horrible mass shootings that just happened this weekend, it's a lot of people just really projecting their own discomfort and fear onto other people and to, into other systems, into stories that are just completely made up. But yeah, you know, they believed in it. And then just, you know, that fear and aggression you know, causes terrible, terrible results. So that, you know, coming into consciousness, again, it's, that's the key and bringing that sense of safety and grounding. Like, I love that you, you know, we brought up grounding in the very beginning, because it is something that we can do for ourselves, like just very, just simply tuning in, like, how does my body feel right now? Like, does it need anything? Like, maybe it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm a little thirsty. Like, hmm. It's just these little things that we can do for our own, or, you know, might need a little nap or a little walk or something. And that just, you know, just to, that simple self-care, like that helps so much, like to, to ground ourselves, to bring that sense of elemental safety. And it's like, well, yeah, the world has never been, you know, if we look back in history, like this time is actually not too bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm coming from Europe, from a country with a long history and there are plagues and horrible wars and things where like majority of the population died. And so, yeah, like if we look at it from that very big picture perspective, this is actually not too terrible what we're having, you know, what's what's happening right now. Our evolutionary triggers are are, are not so aggressive yet. So, um, and, and if we go back to, I love the dream that you described because it also gave us permission. Like there were fears there for you, and that it's okay sometimes that may, it might not be the right time to dive in and unpack everything. That it's okay to have compassion with yourself and be like, okay, this is enough for today. Absolutely. (laughs) I've read enough about what's happening in Ukraine or, or, you know, the news of the day. And, and I'm aware. And at the same time, the self-care that I need today is to get outside and turn off my screens and, you know, that there's a fine balance too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah, right now with the the whole Taurus Scorpio um, eclipses, and that's very much bringing us back into like the body and then the Scorpio part, the more deeper instinctive kind of emotional intelligence, but not the sort of surface level feelings, but these deep kind of gut level feelings. So to really trust that deep gut level compass, like we, we have that. And sometimes like, you know, we just need to take a walk or we need to just take a a long nap and just turn off everybody, every, you know, all, all the notifications, all the sounds, you know, I always oftentimes put my phone in airplane mode. Mm-hmm. So, and partly because I'm, you know, I'm such an international person. So people just contact me randomly at like 3am because it's like a normal time for them. So I just, I just, you know, I don't, I, I leave it off in airplane mode and, and then sometimes, you know, then I turn it on and check things when it's time to check and, and things, but, but yeah, that's really have that wisdom to trust that inner wisdom and not to, you know, not to have to justify it in any way, like not to have to kind of prove it like, oh, this is the right thing. Just like, it's your wisdom, like your body telling, you know, this is what you need right now. You don't have to explain it to anybody. You don't have to like say like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, I have to justify this. Like, I feel like we often, you know, don't give ourselves permission just to to kind of simply be and simply just be ourselves and just unapologetically just listen to what's what we need. And Oh, Katrin, it's been so wonderful talking to you and your energy is really so positive and infectious. And I can tell that you're very gifted with what you do. Do you do, um, like to those listening, do you offer individual sessions? 
Yes, I offer individual um, astrology sessions mm-hmm. as well as um, coaching, transformational coaching. So this uh, coaching is where we kind of, you know, do like a, maybe a series of, you know, could be a three sessions or maybe sometimes once a month or something like that, where we kind of follow through in a little bit longer um, trajectory. And, and, and the purpose of all of that is really like, Ultimately, the purpose is like pe- so that the people wouldn't need me, <laughs> so that they right. might be really, you know, in tune with their own inner compass and and that that wisdom. But it is sometimes so helpful to have that mirror. Like I, I know, you know, you as well in a healing like healing profession. So it's it's good to have that trusted person as a mirror, that that caring person as a, as that mirror, as that guide. Sometimes. So. And are you doing more? Are you offering more retreats in Yalapa? Hopefully this sometime this November, there's little seeds of something kind of brewing, but nothing kind of set in stone yet. So, um, uh, but yeah, possibly. So if you're interested in, in those um, sort of astrological nature adventure retreats, um, uh, you know, people can just get in contact with me and then I can put them on that sort of retreat waiting list or retreat, you know, info list that if, you know, if we do get the details together, then we'll email that out. So. Wonderful. Well, I will link all of that, you know, the ways to connect with you in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you so much for your time. It was really great to talk with you. Thank you so much for this, this opportunity. I, I love this space that you've created. It's such a beautiful, heartwarming, open, you know, just, yeah, I, I love the energy that you create them. Thank you so much. 